Chapters 12 through 16, Book 7, Volume 1 of Le Mort d'Artour by Sir Thomas Mallory. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. L I B R I V O X dot O R G. Read by Marco at New Orleans, 2007. Chapter 12. With this, Sir Percent of Ent had espied them as they hoved in the field, and nightly he sent to them whether he came in war or in peace. Say to thy lord, said Beaumaine, I take no force, but whether as him list himself. So the messenger went again unto Sir Percent, and told him all his answer. Well then will I have ado with him, to the utterance, and so he purveyed him, and rode against him. And Beaumaine saw him, and made him ready, and there they met with all that ever their horses might run and brassed their spears either in three pieces, and their horses rushed so together that both their horses fell dead to the earth. And lightly they avoided their horses, and put their shields afore them, and drew their swords, and gave many great strokes, that sometimes they hurtled together that they fell groveling on the ground. Thus they fought two hours and more, that their shields and their hauberks were all forhewn, and in many steads they were wounded. So at the last Sir Beaumaine smote him through the cost of the body, and then he retrayed him here and there, and knightly maintained his battle long time. And at the last, though him loath were, Beaumaine smote Sir Persant above upon the helm, that he fell groveling to the earth, and then he leapt upon him overthwart, and unlaced his helm to have slain him. Then Sir Persant yielded him, and asked him mercy. With that came the damsel, and prayed to save his life. I will well, for it were pity this noble knight should die. Gramercy, said Persant, gentle knight and damsel. For certainly now I wot well, it was ye that slew my brother the black knight at the black thorn. He was a full noble knight, his name was Sir Percard. Also I am sure that ye are he that won mine other brother the green knight, his name was Sir Pertelepe. Also ye won my brother the red knight, Sir Peremines. And now since ye have won these, this shall I do for to please you. Ye shall have homage and fealty of me, and an hundred knights, to be always at your commandment, to go and ride where ye will command us. And so they went unto Sir Persant's pavilion, and drank the wine, and ate spices, and afterwards Sir Persant made him to rest upon a bed until supper-time, and after supper to bed again. When Beaumain was abed, Sir Persant had a lady, a fair daughter, of eighteen year of age, and there he called her to him, and charged her and commanded her upon his blessing to go unto the knight's bed, and lie down by his side, and make him no strange cheer, but good cheer, and take him in thine arms and kiss him, and look that this be done, I charge you, as ye will have my love and my good will. So Sir Persant's daughter did as her father bade her, and so she went unto Sir Beaumain's bed, and privily she despoiled her, and laid her down by him, and then he awoke, and saw her, and asked her what she was. Sir, so she said, I am Sir Persant's daughter, that by the commandment of my father am come hither. Be ye a maid or a wife? said he. Sir, so she said, I am a clean maiden. God defend, said he, that I should defoil you to do Sir Persant such a shame. Therefore, fair damsel, arise out of this bed, or else I will. Sir, she said, I came not to you by mine own will, but as I was commanded. Alas, said Sir Beaumain, I were a shameful knight, on I would do your father any disworship. And so he kissed her, and so she departed, and came unto Sir Persant her father, and told him all how she had sped. Truly, said Sir Persant, whatsoever he be, he is come of a noble blood. And so we leave them there till on the morn. Chapter 13 And so on the morn the damsel and Sir Beaumain heard mass and brake their fast, and so took their leave. Fair damsel, said Persant, whitherward are ye way leading this night? Sir, she said, this night is going to the siege that besiegeth my sister, in the castle dangerous. 
Ah, ah, said Persant, that is the knight of the Red Land, the which is the most perilous knight that I know now living, and a man that is without mercy, and men say that he hath seven men's strength. God save you, said he to Beaumain from that knight, for he doth great wrong to that lady, and that is great pity, for she is one of the fairest ladies of the world, and meseemeth that your damsel is her sister. Is not your name Lynette? said he. Yea, sir, said she, and my lady my sister's name is Dame Lyonesse. Now shall I tell you, said Sir Persant, this red knight of the red land hath lain long at the siege, well nigh this two years, and many time he might have had her on he had would, but he prolongeth the time to this intent, for to have Sir Lancelot du Lake to do battle with him, or Sir Tristram, or Sir Lamorak de Gallus, or Sir Gawain, and this is his tarrying so long at the siege. Now, my lord, Sir Persant of End, said the damsel Lynette, I require you that you will make this gentleman knight, or ever he fight with the red knight. I will with all my heart, said Sir Persant, on it please him to take the order of knighthood, of so simple a man as I am. Sir, said Beaumain, I thank you for your good will, for I am better sped, for certainly the noble knight Sir Lancelot made me knight. Ah, said Sir Persant, of a more renowned knight might he not be made knight, for of all knights he may be called chief of knighthood. And so all the world saith that betwixt three knights is departed clearly knighthood, that is, Lancelot du Lake, Sir Tristram de Lyonnes, and Sir Lamorak de Gallus, these bear now the renown. There be many other knights, as Sir Palamides the Saracen, and Sir Saphir his brother, also Sir Bleoberus, and Sir Glamour de Ganis his brother, also Sir Bors de Ganis, and Sir Ector de Maris, and Sir Percival de Gallus. These and many more be noble knights, but there be none that pass the three above said. Therefore God speed you well, said Sir Persant, for on ye may match the red knight, ye shall be called the fourth of the world. Sir, said Beaumain, I would fain be of good fame and knighthood, and I let you wit I came of good men, for I dare say my father was a noble man, and so that ye will keep it close unto this damsel, I will tell you of what kin I am. We will not discover you, said they both, till ye command us, by the faith we owe unto God. Truly then, said he, my name is Gareth of Orkney, and King Lot was my father, and my mother is King Arthur's sister, her name is Dame Morgaz. And Sir Gawain is my brother, and Sir Agravain, and Sir Gaheris, and I am the youngest of them all. And yet wot not King Arthur, nor Sir Gawain, what I am. Chapter 14 So the book saith that the lady that was besieged had word of her sister's coming by the dwarf, and a knight with her, and how he had passed all the perilous passages. What manner of man is he? said the lady. He is a noble knight, truly, madam, said the dwarf and but a young man, but he is as likely a man as ever ye saw any. What is he? said the damsel, and of what kin is he come, and of whom was he midnight? Madam, said the dwarf, he is the king's son of Orkney, but his name I will not tell you as at this time. But wit ye well, of Sir Lancelot was he midnight, for of none other would he be midnight. And Sir Kay named him Beaumain. How escaped he? said the lady, from the brethren of Persant. Madam, he said, as a noble knight should, First he slew two brethren at a passage of a water. Ah, said she, they were good knights, but they were murderers. The one hight Gerard le Bruce, and the other knight hight Sir Arnold le Bruce. Then, madam, he recountered with the black knight, and slew him in plain battle, and so he took his horse and his armor, and fought with the green knight, and won him in plain battle. And in likewise he served the red knight, and after in the same wise he served the blue knight, and won him in plain battle. Then, said the lady, he hath overcome Sir Persant of End, one of the noblest knights of the world. And the dwarf said, he hath won all the four brethren, and slain the black knight. And yet he did more to four. He overthrew Sir Kay, and left him nigh dead upon the ground. 
Also he did a great battle with Sir Launcelot, and there they departed on even hands, and then Sir Launcelot made him knight. Dwarf, said the lady, I am glad of these tidings. Therefore go thou in an hermitage of mine nearby, and there shalt thou bear with thee of my wine in two flagons of silver, they are of two gallons, and also two casts of bread with fat venison baked and dainty fowls, and a cup of gold here I deliver thee that is rich and precious, and bear all this to mine hermitage, and put it in the hermit's hands. And so then thou go unto my sister, and greet her well, and commend me unto that gentle knight, and pray him to eat and to drink and to make him strong. And say ye, I thank him of his courtesy and goodness, that he would take upon him such labor for me, that never did him bounty nor courtesy. Also pray him that he be of good heart and courage, for he shall meet with a full noble knight, but he is neither of bounty, courtesy, nor gentleness, for he attendeth unto nothing but to murder, and that is the cause I cannot praise him nor love him. So this dwarf departed, and came unto Sir Persant, where he found the damsel Lynette and Sir Beaumaine, and there he told them all as ye have heard. And then they took their leave. But Sir Persant took an ambling hackney, and conveyed them on their ways, and then beleft them to God. And so within a little while they came to that hermitage, and there they drank the wine, and ate the venison, and the fowls, bacon. And so when they had repasted them well, the dwarf returned again with his vessel unto the castle again, and there met with him the red knight of the redlands, and asked him from whence that he came, and where he had been. Sir, said the dwarf, I have been with my lady's sister of this castle, and she hath been at King Arthur's court, and brought a knight with her. Then I account her travail but lost, for though she had brought with her Sir Launcelot, Sir Tristram, Sir Lamorak, or Sir Gawain, I would think myself good enough for them all. It may well be, said the dwarf, but this knight hath passed all the perilous passages, and slain the black knight, and other two more, and won the green knight, the red knight, and the blue knight. Then he is one of these four that I have afore rehearsed. He is none of those, said the dwarf, but he is a king's son. What is his name, said the red knight of the red lands? That will I not tell you, said the dwarf, but Sir Kay, upon scorn, named him Beaumain. I care not, said the knight, what knight soever he be, for I shall soon deliver him. And if I ever match him, he shall have a shameful death, as many other have had. That were pity, said the dwarf, and it is marvel that ye make such shameful war upon noble knights. Chapter 15 Now leave we the knight and the dwarf, and speak we of Beaumain, that lay all night in the hermitage. And upon the morn he and the damsel Lynette heard their mass and break their fast. And then they took their horses and rode throughout a fair forest, and then they came to a plain, and saw where were many pavilions and tents, and a fair castle, and there was much smoke and great noise. And when they came near the siege, Sir Beaumaine espied upon great trees, as he rode, how there hung full goodly armed knights by the neck, and their shields about their necks, with their swords, and gilt spurs upon their heels. And so there hung nigh a forty knights, shamefully, with full rich arms. Then Sir Beaumaine abated his countenance, and said, What meaneth this? Fair sir, said the damsel, abate not your cheer for all this sight, for ye must courage yourself, or else ye be all shent. For all these knights came hither to this siege, to rescue my sister, Dame Leoness. And when the Red Knight of the Red Lands had overcome them, he put them to this shameful death, without mercy and pity. And in the same wise he will serve you, but if you quit you the better. Now Jesu defend me, said Beaumain, from such a villainous death and shenship of arms. For rather than I should be so fair and withal, I would rather be slain manly in plain battle. So were ye better, said the damsel, for trust not in him is no courtesy, but all goeth to the death or shameful murder. And that is pity, for he is a full likely man, well made of body, and a full noble knight of prowess, and a lord of great lands and possessions. 
Truly, said Beaumain, he may well be a good knight, but he useth shameful customs, and it is marvel that he endureth so long, and that none of the noble knights of my lord Arthur's have not dealt with him. And then they rode to the dykes, and saw them double-diked, with full warlike walls. And there were lodged many great lords nigh the walls, and there was great noise of minstrelsy, and the sea beat upon the one side of the walls, where were many ships, and a mariner's noise, with hail and tow. And also there was fast by a sycamore tree, and there hung an horn, the greatest that ever they saw, of an elephant's bone. And this the knight of the red lands had hanged it up there, that if there came any errant knight, he must blow that horn, and then will he make him ready, and come to him to do battle. But, sir, I pray you, said the damsel Lynette, blow ye not the horn till it be high noon, for now it is about prime, and now increaseth his might, that as men say he hath seven men's strength. Ah, fie for shame, fair damsel, say ye never so more to me, for on he were as good a knight as ever was, I shall never fail him in his most might, for either I will win worship worshipfully, or die knightly in the field. And therewith he spurred his horse straight to the sycamore tree, and blew the horn so eagerly that all the siege in the castle rang thereof. And then there leapt out knights out of their tents and pavilions, and they within the castle looked over the walls and out at windows. Then the Red Knight of the Red Lands armed him hastily, and two barons set on his spurs upon his heels, and all was blood-red, his armor, spear, and shield, and an earl buckled his helm upon his head, and then they brought him a red spear and a red steed, and so he rode into a little vale under the castle, that all that were in the castle and at the siege might behold the battle. CHAPTER Sixteen. Sir, said the damsel Lynette unto Sir Beaumain, look ye be glad and light, for yonder is your deadly enemy, and at yonder window is my lady, my sister, Dame Lyonesse. Where, said Beaumain, yonder, said the damsel, and pointed with her finger. That is truth, said Beaumain, she beseemeth afar the fairest lady that ever I looked upon, and truly, he said, I ask no better quarrel than now for to do battle, for truly she shall be my lady, and for her I will fight. And ever he looked up to the window with glad countenance, and the lady Lyonesse made curtsy to him down to the earth, with holding up both their hands. With that the Red Knight of the Red Lands called to Sir Beaumain, Leave, Sir Knight, thy looking, and behold me, I counsel thee, for I warn thee well she is my lady, and for her I have done many strong battles. If thou have so done, said Beaumain, meseemeth it was but waste labor, for she loveth none of thy fellowship and thou to love that loveth not thee is but great folly. For on I understood that she were not glad of my coming, I would be advised, or I did battle for her. But I understand by the besieging of this castle she may forbear thy fellowship. Therefore wit thou well, thou red knight of the red lands, I love her, and will rescue her, or else to die. Sayest thou that, said the red knight, meseemeth thou ought of reason to beware by yonder knights that thou sawest hang upon yonder trees. Fie, for shame, said Beaumain, that ever thou shouldest say or do so evil, for in that thou shamest thyself and knighthood, and thou mayest be sure there will no lady love thee that knoweth thy wicked customs. And now thou weenest that the sight of these hanged knights should fear me? Nay, truly not so. That shameful sight causeth me to have courage and hardiness against thee, more than I would have had against thee, on thou wert a well-ruled knight. Make thee ready, said the Red Knight of the Red Lands, and talk no longer with me. Then Sir Beaumain bade the damsel go from him, and then they put their spears in their rests, and came together with all their might that they had both, and either smote other in the midst of their shields, that the patrols, surcingles, and cruppers brassed, and fell to the earth both, and the reins of their bridles in their hands, and so they lay a great while sore astonied. 
that all that were in the castle and in the siege weened their necks had been broken. And then many a stranger and other said the strange knight was a big man and a noble gesture, for or now we saw never no knight match the red knight of the red lands. Thus they said, both within the castle and without. Then lightly they avoided their horses, and put their shields afore them, and drew their swords, and ran together like two fierce lions, and either gave other such buffets upon their helms, that they reeled backward both two strides. And then they recovered both, and hewed great pieces off their harness and their shields, that a great part fell into the fields. End of Book 7, Chapters 12-16 through 16, of Volume 1 of Le Mort d'Arthur by Sir Thomas Mallory